Although the big testing story to take away is that our friend Sensei Timmy, who's been on the show with his family, us, once did Tensha at a black belt competition. And when they tested him, they used a Shanai. And that was quite the thing. Sensei Timmy, if you hear this, call me and tell me the story about it. And I'll put it on the air for listeners. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome back. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. And I'm Landon. And today we are so excited to have a new guest, our student and friend, Victor. Yay! Yay! He started karate when he was really young at about age five. Then he came back as a teenager, and now he's training with us as an adult and doing a great job. I'm going to thank you, Victor, for coming out. Oh, it's definitely sensei. It's interesting because he has a hobby that's music. I love that idea, don't you guys? Certainly, Uh, yes. And he's going to start putting it out on the uh, web. So keep your eyes and ears open, and we'll let you know if we find out a place where he's posted something. Yes. Speaking of uh, telling people things. Did you know about Sensei's self-defense course on a site called Listenable? I did. (laughs) Everybody else, just just search it. It's all there. Listen to Listenable. Listenable. If you get a few minutes, please. I would appreciate that. Thanks, Sensei Jackie. Us. And listen to YouTube. We have another video out celebrating our 100th episode. So go and check it out. I want to say it's awesome, but I don't mean it's awesome because it's us. It's awesome because we're hitting 100 episodes, right? It certainly is. Very, very cool. But it is time for us to get back on track. So what are we doing today, Sensei Jackie? Well, you know, we're doing another letter episode today. Ooh, my favorites. Do you think we should remind people about what these letter episodes are all about? Okay, short and sweet. We base this on an exercise that we sometimes do in the dojo. We throw out a letter to the students. For example, today, our letter is T. And everybody thinks about words that start with that letter. And then we just talk. We just converse about it and see where the conversation goes. Uh, And we always learn so much. That is true. Okay. I think the only thing I have left to do is to tell them that when we're all done running our ideas, we will check the dictionary to see what the grown-ups said. Yes, Uh, let's get started. Like I said, we looked up our four words. Our letter is T. And the first word goes to you. Guest Victor. Oh, so my word for today is tekioku, which is part of a series of katas from the Goju style. And it involves specific stances and is the first opportunity where you really start to delve deeper into the style as a beginner. And it's always good to go back to that. It's a good opportunity to go back to basics. What do you guys think about that? Awesome to go back to basics. We were uh, just talking about that in Black Buck class the other day, weren't yes, we? Yes, we were. And it's, it's very nice, I think, as someone that helps out in the dojo. It's actually really nice to go back to the tackies and take it slow. And you really are able to expand your understanding of katas because that beginning kata is the foundation for everything else. Right, because that's where you learn Zen Kuzidachi. Uh, and For those of you who are not karate people, Victor will tell you how to spell takyoko after we look it up, because I don't want to spell it wrong for him now. I know how we spell it. And Zenkuzudachi is spelled Z-E-N-K-U-T-S-U-D-A-C-H-I. It's basically a stance that gives you width between your legs and length between your legs and sets your center of gravity down low on the ground. And that is what you're supposed to get from it. That skill is tricky. You think it should come easily, but it really it really is tricky. 
And Victor, since you came back and we've been doing Zen Kusadachis in the Takyokos, have you found that moving from one Zen to another forces you to really think about your center of gravity? Oh, uh, I think having started karate so early on, my stances are something that's kind of like built into the way that I think about karate. It's kind of an automatic thing. Uh, I don't really actively think about the stances as much as adding intensity or different elements throughout the the kata. Us now, you're going to make me come out of the T words that we picked and go into the T word talent. Yes, because Master Kojin and I used to have an ongoing discussion. Does the person come to karate with talent or that desire to get better and better? And I want to say from the very first day you walked back in the dojo, which was some months ago now, you have nice talent. And there's nothing wrong with a little bit of talent, right, guys? Us. It's like heaven on yes. earth if you don't have to super focus on every single thing. Us. I also want to say that for those of you who are listening, in our style, we do not usually use the word takioko. We usually use the word tayuka. Uh, so it would be taki one, taki two, taki three, tayuka one, tayuka two, tayuka three. And that just is the way that Master Collegian said it when we were learning. So we leave it like that rather than get ourselves all worked up over the vowel sounds in the Japanese language, which we know because we say them a lot on this show are very complicated for us to say. True, but other dojos within the Goju style of the Goju Federation do use takyoko. Yeah. And so it really depends on which dojo you're attending and the uh, open mind to do the same kata, no matter what they're calling it. Or or to just kind of live and let live. None of those being T words. True. Uh, But to stay on kata, you picked also a kata for your T word, didn't you? I did. I decided that I was going to talk about Tensha. So moving on from the Taki series, you move on and I believe that a few katas after you learn Tensha. That's the way that we do it in our dojo. And Tensha is a kata that kind of entails different breathing, but mainly what we call a tension breath. So kind of that slow, like hard breath. And that's kind of the foundation of Tensha. I actually remember learning Tensha. And I remember I could never remember what side I started on (laughs) and what hand did what. And I honestly did not figure that out until about a year ago <laughs> when I when I started helping out in the dojo. Now it's like, okay, awesome. I know how to do it. But I have a very funny association with Tensha because I could never figure it out. And the senseis would always say to me, Landon, you start on this side. And I would be like, oh, okay. And now I remember. And then next time I would just forget. So I would say the majority of people have that same issue because it's extremely repetitive, that kind of it has in common with the with the Tayuka series, the Takyoko series, that it's extremely repetitive. Us. In the Takyoko series, you repeat the Zenkuzadachi thousands upon thousands of times. And in Tensha, you repeat the Sanshin stance, which is a tighter stance that brings your power also a low center of gravity, but mm-hmm. brings your power inside your chi line. Oh, uh, something that sticks out to me about what you mentioned about tension is um, I have this way that I work it out in my mind that chi is kind of the cause and tension being the effect where Mm. you start with the chi and then everything about the tension of the movements and the tension in the breathing is kind of a residual aspect that occurs after you uh, focus on the chi or simultaneous Mm. too 
That's an interesting take on it. I love it. Oh, so that's an interesting way to look at that. And to simplify it to somebody who doesn't train, I would say that what the person would do is draw their air in. And then when they breathe it out, every muscle in the body becomes isometrically engaged. The fingers, forearms, biceps, the center line through the abs, the bottom end. Yes. The thigh muscles, the feet grab into the ground. Every muscle becomes engaged as that out breath comes. And the air, when it leaves, leaves completely until the person is supposed to cough out the last of the air before breathing in the new. It is challenging. In our style of Goju Federation, when people do Tensha, we test them Mm -hmm. by trying to get them to forget where they are in the kata. We call it loose focus in the kata, become distracted by hitting them, punching them, pulling their hair. It, it really is kind of torturous. Oh, oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being tested for, oh, tested, tested. Another T word. For the first time with tension, I was like, no, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to segue right from Landon's torture during Tenshaw. To my word, which is torture. Ah, I love that I picked this word because every one of us could tell a story of a day of training that was torturous, correct? Us, us is it. <laughs> but one of the things I like to take away from that takeaway is, um, T word, is some days are like that, even when you're not training, right? Us. A day can just be a really, really challenging, torturous day. So it isn't necessarily karate that is torture. It's just the coincidence of events and the way it came down on you in that day. Us. And your perception. Exactly. But for sure, my hardest karate day was the day we did my knee-on test because we did it all in one day. And it was on this horribly blue painted concrete floor. So exercising, fighting, kata, basics, all in one day on this terrible, terrible floor. And we fought last. That was the last thing we did. We started at about 10 a.m. and about 7 p.m. We started sparring. And I was already just completely burnt. So, yeah, that was my most torturous day. Anybody want to share a torture story? I don't have a story about torture, but I I have something that is an interesting thing that I feel happens almost every time that I have a torturous day. I had a day the other day that I came from work and work was tough. And I got out of the car and it was raining in South Florida, which is pretty typical in like summer. (laughs) And uh, I leaned over to grab my bow and both my side fell out into a puddle. (laughs) That is torture. And, And I found that that was one of the best classes that I've had is the torturous days. That's when you really get to push and, and take your mind off of all the trouble of the day. And, uh, so bad note, side falls in water. Good note, <laughs> really good workout, great class. So the interesting thing is when we drop a weapon, we do push ups. So do you do the push ups in the water or do you wait till you get in the building? <laughs> or do you do what Master Collegian used to say at our beach workouts when it started lightning? Hold the sigh up. <laughs> he did used to say that. Please, people, do not try that at home. Just ignore her. I think the most torturous thing was my basic nunchuck seminar. I could just not get it right. Every time I tried something, mm-mm, just could not get it right. <laughs> I did. They're like, what's the four part? I'm like, four part? What's that? Did I learn that? <laughs> did I learn that? 
And then I try it and I hit myself right in the head. Oh, and I had those days. That was just, I remember that day and I, I made it through it and I was happy, but I was just like, oh my gosh. That is why they have that old poster. Some days the nunchucks went and the guy's got the band-aids all over. <laughs> I, I, did it. I think my most uh, torturous day was one night when I was a brown belt. We all just came into the dojo like a regular night, not knowing that we had not been exerting enough energy the weeks before. And the senseis had uh, had a plan. So we lined up and get ready to do our regular exercises. Only it was hundreds and hundreds of exercises that night. And anytime you didn't keep your hands up or your feet up, somebody yelled at you. By the end of the night, we were all tortured. I believe that one of the women walked out. And um, the best part about a night that's torturous like that is when it's over. <laughs> and when you come back and you think that some nights are bad, you remember you've that seen one. worse. That's right. But I do think that this takes us nicely to your word. My word is tenacity. And before we do talk about tenacity, can I say to everybody who listens to this podcast who's not in a dojo, we specifically went to torture stories just for some fun. But 99.9% .9 of training is user-friendly. I would say so. Yeah. And if you go to a dojo and the person does seem um, sadistic, leave and find another dojo because that's not the way the dojo is supposed to be. That's true. Agreed? Us. For sure. Okay. Now, what is your word? My word is tenacity. The stick-to-itiveness of karate. Don't quit. And I was going to say, in, in the Tayuka series, you really need to have a lot of perseverance, a lot of tenacity. Yes, yes. In With the Tekyokos, Tayukas. Mm -hmm. and, and also really intentional. Because by the time you get to the end, if you haven't focused, you're thinking about everything except kata. Mm -hmm. Your laundry list, your what you got to <laughs> do after you're going to, after you leave the dojo. But staying tenacious with those katas is unbelievably important, but it's also true of everything in life. That's what I was going to say. That is a skill you can take into life is that tenacity. Yes. It's important, whether it's a job, a relationship, a project that you're working on. Yes. A podcast. Oh, oh. see how she went there? <laughs> I agree with you, Sensei. And uh, something that I found is from, from an early age, I, I always had it instilled in me to put 110% into everything that you do. So I, I think that really goes back to what you're saying is the, the tenacity in every aspect you, you find even in the most mundane tasks. I've seen things on Zen Buddhist monks that they'll clean the entire temple and they spend the entire day doing it and they do it every single day. And so the temple's clean, but they're still cleaning it. And it's because they find purpose in life in the seemingly meaningless tasks and having tenacity in even those types of tasks. It'll make you learn things that you would never expect from something as simple as sweeping a floor. Agree. Washing a dish. Yes. Isn't there's a book? I was trying to think of the name of it. Uh, Chop wood, carry water. Oh, I love that book. It's an old one. I wonder if we're going to put that on our reading list. Ooh, maybe. I have one already picked out for us. Remember, I wanted to look into poisons. Yes. yes. And somebody sent me a book that has some in it. Yes. So we're going to think about that as our next book. <laughs> oh, but still, we have to um, finish the book we've got going on. Yes, we're not even halfway yet. So we are the slowest people. We're tenacious, though. Yay for yes. tenacity! Now, can I connect tenacity to honor athletics? 
Of course, that's it. <laughs> How? I don't see the connection. Because they have been tenacious enough to stay with it throughout the pandemic. That's right. <laughs> with their sales and their support of us. That's uh, right. Thank you, Cynthia. So support them. They are at 770-945-5150. On athletics.com. And don't forget, use Wildcat Dojo for your 10% discount. Excellent. Now, we're going to pause while we look the words up and see what the grown-ups think of them. And with the magic of time lapse, also known as a pause button, (laughs) (laughs) we're pushing on. So I'm going first because mine is so boring. But your topic isn't. And all it says is the act of inflicting excruciating pain. They add as punishment or revenge, but I think that when we think of it in karate, it's really not personal. It's just part of our life. That that push to make you greater than you thought you could be. That's right. They say that it's mostly as a means to get a confession or information, but that's not anything like it. What what we think of when we think of the torture of a workout. Yeah, I don't think it relates back to karate. Okay, that's all I got. Oh, I can add, they do have a sentence that that I think is kind of cute and funny. You want to hear it? Sure. My back is torturing me. (laughs) that's funny right as in a pain in my okay from here where are we headed are we headed to tayuka uh takyoko uh sensei cool i um i did what i do whenever i don't understand a word from another language and i plugged it into google translate and from japanese to english takyoku spelled t-a is actually translated to sturdy so i i think that might stick out as something that you should keep in mind when you're doing the Zen Kuzadachi throughout the kata. I love it. Us. And the fact that we translate it as eye pattern, which is complicated, so I'm not going to try to explain it without a visual, means that we really do not do the Japanese language justice. But we do the best we can. And we teach good martial arts. Good one. Okay. Us. So talking about the Tayukas, one kata, then moving to Tensha, another kata, According to Wikipedia, the only place where I could find something, it is translated to revolving hands, rotating palms, or turning palms. And we say breathing hands. Yes. So, again, we do the best we can as Americans studying a Japanese art. Yes. All right. That takes you to finish us off, doesn't it, Sensei Jackie? It does, and I have the English word tenacity. Their first definition is the quality or a fact of being able to grip something firmly. Really? Yes. But I like the the definition that says the fact of continuing to exist persistence. To me, that is uh, where I think of um, the persistence in the martial arts and in karate and life. Oh, Sensei Jackie, and talking about persistence, uh, something that sticks out to me is a quote by Calvin Coolidge that's uh, titled Persistence. Uh, um, if anyone would like to go check it out, it really relates back to tenacity. And I think it's a great example of what uh, your word really embodies. Just for fun, just give us the beginning of it. Oh, Sensei, um, so the, the quote goes, persistence, nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. The world is full of unsuccessful men with talent. And from there, it just goes on to go more in depth. And it all really relates back to tenacity really well. And we can talk about hundreds of karate people who have come through with talent that didn't have that perseverance to stick it out. Yes. And with the Olympics just ending, you saw a lot of people who 
had both qualities, talent and perseverance, and aka see, tenacity. Us, and you see it even more in the Paralympics. You really do. Right now, how much tenacity that those athletes have. Oh my gosh, it's amazing to me. Oh, They're tenacious spirits. And I'm going to end on my favorite tenacity line, which is Jack Black once had a band. I wonder if he still does, called Tenacious D. We'll have to find out. And I love that because it's a great use of the word tenacious, which is, you know, similar to, not exactly the word tenacity, because one's a noun, blah, blah, blah. And one's an adjective or an adverb, yes. Depending on that. See, I didn't want to open up the grammar nightmare. (laughs) That's why I just left that part out, depending on where you used it. And on that front, you have. So many opportunities to share with us on this episode, don't they? So many, please. You can tell us your torture stories. You can tell us your kata stories. You can tell us your tenacity stories. You can correct our Japanese. Please. (laughs) We would appreciate that. And you're going to do that by emailing Dojo Conversations at AOL. Seeing us on Facebook at Wildcat Dojo. All over the web. All over the web. Type in Wildcat Dojo and we actually come up. It's pretty awesome. And if you're on Instagram, Wildcat Dojo Conversations. And on that note, I'm going to thank you, Victor. I had a great time. Awesome. Want to start my goodbyes? Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining. Bye, everyone. See you next time. And on that note, I'm signing out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again next week on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.